This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is brought to you by Fisher Skis. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast. My name is Adam Javer, and we have an excellent episode for you today with Jimmy Krupka. Um, Jimmy is part of the U.S. ski team. Um, he is a podcaster, obviously a ski racer, um, and a whole bunch more. Um, so we kind of talk about that. We talk about what his career has been like so far, where he hopes to go from there, um, and much more. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Um, we just got back from Portland. Uh, we got a few good episodes recorded there between Adam X and I. There's uh, a lot of cool things coming down the pipeline, so I'm excited to share that stuff with you. I feel like I say that all the time, and I do, and it's fine because it is the truth. There's <laughs> there's a lot going on these days. Um, so, as I said, excited to share with you before we jump into the episode. I just wanted to let you know about a sponsor we have for today, and that is Blizz Eyewear. Um, Blizz Eyewear is a sunglass company, a goggle company, um, an outdoors company. Um, the nice people at Enjoy Winter distribute this stuff all throughout the U.S. and North America, um, and the stuff is really, really rad. Um, you can save 30% off on your purchase of Blizz Eyewear at www.enjoywinter.com. And you'll get a free gift, like they have some strawberry sorbet neckies, stickers, you know, stuff like that. Um, and you'll get that free of charge uh, when you order a pair of sunglasses, goggles, whatever, using promo code Out of Bounds. O is capitalized, O is capitalized, and B is capitalized. So it's Out of Bounds, capital Out, capital Of, capital Bounds. Um, and you'll get 30% off um, and some free gear. So... I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I hope you guys will buy some sunglasses. Um, you know, because that's all this is. This is an ad plug um, right before uh, we have a conversation about really important things in people's lives. So that's what we do. Um, I hope you guys have had the opportunity to listen to Mr. Adam X's show, The Pursuit. It's been going really well. He's a great interviewer, different style than mine. Um, but he's been he's been great. He's been great to have on board. And uh, we're looking at some new shows coming down pretty soon here. Um and yeah, it should be great. Um, please leave a review on iTunes if you get the opportunity. Um, just scroll down to the bottom, leave a five-star review. Helps the show tremendously. I know a lot of you haven't left reviews um, because I see how many reviews we have and how many people listen to the show, and I would like to see some more. Um, so if you can do that for me, I would highly, highly appreciate it if you enjoy the show. It makes my life so much easier when I go to a sponsor and say, hey, this is what we do. Having those reviews helps because it brings more people into the show. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you in advance. Obviously, follow along on social, at Out of Podcast, for all your content needs. Um, we're just about to hit that 10K follow mark, and we have a huge giveaway coming up next week. Um, so I hope you guys will partake in that as well. Um, that's it. Here's the episode. Jimmy Krupka. I hope you guys enjoy it. And be sure to listen to his show, Arc City, um, available wherever you can get podcasts. Thanks. Bye. Jimmy, if you don't have any other questions for me, um, let's go for it. What? Uh, who are you? Tell people a little bit about yourself, and uh, we'll go from there. So I'm Jimmy Krupka. I am on the U.S. Alpine ski team. I'm on the B team, so I'm still working my way to the World Cup and to that, uh, you know, ultimate level. 
been doing this since I graduated high school. So for the past five, six years now. And uh, I also have a podcast on the side, uh, a ski racing podcast. Uh, but that's me. Yeah. In a quick, brief nutshell. Where'd you come from? You're a mass guy, right? You're a Boston area guy. You went to Dartmouth. Is that right? Yeah. Guys give me shit for being an <laughs> asshole. Uh, they think that I've got like a, a Boston accent whenever I'm not around them, but uh, born in Boston, moved up to Vermont in middle school to start going to a ski academy in Vermont. Okay. And then, you know, eventually migrated out West because that's where like the U.S. ski team's center is. Yep. So what what has that been like? Like I saw, I read your profile on ski racing media um, and it says like, you know, you were at Canada Bunch, you were at Sugarbush a bunch. Like what's, when people ask you what's your home mountain, what do you say? What do you consider your, I mean, you've had a lot of home mountains, I would imagine over the years. What's, what's your favorite? I mean, and before you jump into that, Canon is a sponsor of the show, so don't shit on Canon. Um, but, <laughs> but, um, they're, uh, I think, I think they're great, but I'm curious to know what you tell people. So this is funny because my middle name is Canon. Oh, like no legitimately, shit. <laughs> my middle name is Canon after Canon Mountain. Because, and that's where I grew up skiing. So Bodhi was just like growing yeah. up. Bodhi was my idol. Um, <laughs> and yeah, my grandmother skied at Canon. My mom skied at Canon. Uh, they didn't really race, but they skied there. Um, I, I always say my my hometown and my home mountain is Sugarbush and Waitsfield, Vermont. Okay. That's what I go with. That's what yeah. you spent the most time with. Yeah. Um, why Bodie? Why was Bodie your guy? Like, was that, he's just the hometown guy. He was the one, I mean, and obviously Bodie was, I feel like Bodie's went through this thing where now like the current generation doesn't understand how cool Bodie was, you know, 10, yeah. 15 years ago. Like Bodie was the cool ski racer. Like there wasn't a lot of cool ski racers. Bodie was like the shit. Bodie was the shit. Yeah. I like, well, first of all, like they would, they would have posters of Bodie at a lot of ski mountains, including Cannon and he would have like nasty angles, hip on the ground. And so I would see that. And I was just like, that is what I want to do in my life. Uh, and, and people don't understand like kids these days didn't grow <laughs> up watching Bodie. Like the, the Europeans are so uptight and ski culture is so uptight and no one's that creative. And Bodie came in and he spoke his mind in interviews and he, he cussed and he partied and he, instead of just skiing a perfect race, he would just send it and hope he finished. And then he didn't really care if he finished. Yeah. Uh, and it was such an awesome attitude. And, you know, when I was a kid, I was such a rule follower and I, and, you know, and still I am kind of. And so <laughs> Bodie was inspiring to me because he didn't give a shit what people thought about him. And, and he just did his own thing. What does that mean? You're a rule follower. I mean, I don't know. I, I was always the good kid in school. You know, yeah. I was, I was probably more of a brown noser than, than a rule breaker. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. That was just me. I that's guess. that's very. I feel like people always want to paint this picture of themselves as being like the hardo, and like I think that's very cool that you're like you're able to just be like, no, like this is who I am. Like I'm, I was just anybody. I am who I was. <laughs> yeah, not not my proudest trait, but yeah. <laughs> but still, I think I think that's dope yeah. that you could be like, all right, this is who I am. Like that's that more people should do that part of it for sure. Um. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about your podcast, and then we'll kind of get into some other skiing stuff, some more background stuff, and we'll jump around a little bit. Yeah. Um, biggest guest you've had on the show as of yesterday, Michaela Schifrin. I don't want to make it too much about um, that, but she's a guest that I've wanted to have on my show for forever. What was it like talking to her, and what what has the show been like in general? Uh, 
first off, the show in, in general has been really fun for me uh, because it's just like something else to do besides ski racing. Uh, you know, the, the, the mentality as you get better and better and it, like it's supposed to be your job. Like I'm making, you know, not that much money, but I'm making money. So technically it's my job and I have to just focus on this. And that's what my coaches say. They say, oh, don't get distracted with the podcast. But it's like I need something else to focus on. So just in terms of a project, it's been nice. It's cool to talk to these athletes because I learned so much from them, you know, and Michaela is like the pinnacle. Like I was so, so <laughs> freaking pumped when I got Michaela on the show. I was like, I like, I finished the interview and I was just like, fist bumping. <laughs> uh, and you know, interestingly, like talking to her, you have, I, I like forced myself to kind of, uh, you know, act natural and, and not be like, oh, this is, you know, the best female skier in the world. And then maybe ever, uh, because she would start to ramble a little bit sometimes. And I, I think it's because she's always been so good. And it's such a, like a, a pedestal that people never interrupt her. Like, mm. I don't think she's ever been interrupted in her life. And so <laughs> I didn't really do that great of a job of it, but a couple of times when she started to ramble, I was like, okay, I got it gotta interrupt her because we got to keep this moving and that was really difficult did you feel were you nervous like uh, that's one of the people ask me this kind of often where they're like okay like do you get nervous talking to these people like i've talked to some people where i'm like all right i i feel it like i feel it in my gut before i have a lot of these conversations but do you have that like is that is that an issue for you you're an athlete you're a high performer a lot of times i feel like because you have that ability to just turn that switch on when it comes to like athletics. Sometimes you can do it in the mental side of it too. Is that the case for you or no? Yeah. I I think that like weirdly my, my mental training for competition and skiing helps with the podcast because I, I just know like it's two things. It's like preparation. So I like make sure I have my questions and I make sure I have my backup questions and, and like the questions I need to hit and whatever. And then uh, I just like have a good way of keeping myself calm, uh, you know, in the same way I do in a start gate. Have you had any where you feel like, okay, like I really need to like kind of bite down here and figure out where to take this interview, like where the interview is just not going? Where, because I feel like, and you're interviewing a lot of ski racers, part of the reason I'm asking this question, because I find ski racers kind of hard to interview sometimes because they're like mm-hmm. so focused and they don't allow themselves to be so free in the conversation. Do you find yourself like, I don't know, struggling to keep the conversation rolling sometimes? Yeah, well, I don't I don't know. Like everyone I've talked to seems to be pretty good. Like I don't worry about keeping the conversation going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was one time where I didn't have enough questions and we and we blew through the questions. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, I'm looking at a blank sheet of paper. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to <laughs> come up with some random shit here. Uh, but then, you know, like you can tell who has done interviews before and who hasn't for sure. Uh, and so like some people, they give you these beautiful answers in like three minutes and it it all works out nicely. And then, and they stop talking and they let you continue talking. And then there's some people that kind of ramble on and they get lost. And then you, I have to figure out how to like save the, 
conversation flow. I'm so sure you understand this, like yeah. talking, you, you do a whole bunch of podcast episodes. Like I'm sure yeah, you understand that for sure. Yeah. It's different. I feel like everybody kind of has their own approach, but, um, we won't go too much inside baseball for people. Like that's, I, I didn't never know if people are actually interested in hearing about podcast shit or not. So we'll move yeah. on a little bit here. Uh, you just had a pretty significant injury at a tip fib injury in January. How is recovery going and what's, what's the situation right now? Yeah. Snap my leg pretty good uh, over in Italy and, you know, tib fib, uh, that was in January. So I'm six and a half months in, I'm about to ski August 1st and planning to ski in recovery. Uh, you know, it's not, as it's not too bad. Like the first, uh, probably six weeks totally sucked because you're crutching around. You can't really do anything for the first couple of weeks. Every time you stand up, you just like get a whole bunch of throbbing in your leg. Uh, and you have to like figure out, like I had a desk chair that I would just wheel around the house because you can't carry things, your crutches. So there's all that sorts of shit you have to deal with. But then like, once you hit a couple months in every single week, you're doing more things. So it's actually really exciting. So like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I started playing basketball and then a couple of weeks before that, I started road biking. I hate road biking. I'm a mountain biker, but like going 20 miles an hour was the most exhilarating thing ever. <laughs> Um, so that was, you know, recovery has been kind of fun in that way. It's my first major injury. So maybe if I do a second, I'd be less, less pumped about it. Uh, but now it just comes down to whether the fracture feels good, uh, in my boot or not. Yep. And, uh, that's just something that time will tell. Yep. And you're skiing soon. You're going to test it skiing out soon. soon. Yeah. Yeah. If hood, if hood, it doesn't just melt in all these heat waves. Yeah, what's yeah? It seems like it's a, a bit of a here. It's like in New England, it's the opposite problem. It feels like we've had the rainiest July on record, and it's been every single day, like nonstop. And the rest of the country seems like it hasn't seen rain in forever. So, it's it's all over the place, I guess. Yeah. Um. So, what's do you set? Are you a big goal setter? Do you have goals for this upcoming season? I mean, you're coming off of an injury for the first time. Like, what is that? What is your planning for this upcoming season look like then? Um, I mean, you know, some people don't, don't like this mindset, but I don't really like setting like concrete goals. Okay. Like, I, like having big like expectations. Cause it just seems like I get so focused on like, you know, I've got to, I'm going to score world cup points or I've got to yeah. do this. And I get, I get so focused in on that, that I just forget to focus on the process. Uh, so, you know, Joel Embiid, whatever, trust the process. I'm a Celtics <laughs> fan, but, you know, trust the process and, and just kind of, I just kind of put my head down and, and I try to just trust like working hard uh, and sending hard is going to get me where I want to go. And like, obviously I want to be the best in the world. Like I wouldn't be here otherwise if I didn't, but just setting those goals specifically uh, uh, is just something that never really worked well for me. Yeah, I think that's important too. Like a lot of people do, you're the first person that has, I, I'm the same way. I don't set hard goals for myself. Like I tend to just like go with the flow, see what happens. And it tends to work out better for me. Um, but everybody else that I've asked this question to has been like, oh yeah, no, like hard goals. I set it up here. I do this, but it's really interesting to hear that that works well for you. I've been waiting for someone, I guess, to be like, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just kind of like going with the flow a little bit. Co coaches like love goal setting like every year it's like the goal setting sheets and right yeah, down everybody goals. like drills it into your brain <laughs> like, it's like yeah it works for some people for sure 
and I obviously, I have, I obviously have goals, but they don't need to be so specific. Like I got to get top 15 or whatever, right. you know? Right. Or like specific training goals or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Do you, what are your goals for ski racing in general? I know you said to be like the best in the world is a goal in your head, but like what, where do you ski, where do you see your ski racing career taking you, I guess? And maybe not just now, maybe like after ski racing in general, like you're involved with ski racing media, you're doing the podcast, like what, what kind of things do you see yourself being good at within this industry? That's a great question because that's something I think about a lot. Uh, you know, in terms of my ski career, I, I say best in the world because when I was a kid, I would, I would say, I'm going to make the U S ski team. And that was all I thought about from like age five. And then I made the U S ski team and I was like, shit, (laughs) I'm not just going to like chill on the U S ski team and then go home. Like there's just so much more to do. So I realized that basically I'm just going to keep going and going until, you know, I break or retire. Right. And then in terms of ski racing after, um, in terms of what I do in the sport afterwards, that's something I think about a lot. And I'm like, half of me is like, man, this sport is the weirdest, like stupidest sport in the world. Totally. It costs a shit, shit ton of money. Uh, and so like, you know, there's way too many people that don't have access to it or have to drop out because it's too expensive. You know, it it's not very good for the environment because you're flying all over the place and uh, using all this energy for ski areas. So uh, <laughs> I'm like, I should just leave this sport and say goodbye. But the problem is it's given me too much to just yeah. peace out. So I feel like I'll probably end up doing some sort of giving back, whether it's coaching or it's an administrative position or whether it's just keeping the podcast going for a while. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any interest in like the actual industry side of it? Because I feel like that's where ski racing loses a lot of people is like when they go into their first ski shop need race gear and it's like so expensive so complicated so many things you need to get into and if you don't come from a family that races necessarily like i can't tell you how many kids at our shop will just come in they say they want to go ski racing and really all it is is just like thursday nights they go race some people on twin tips you know and that's like what it is because you know telling that parent that they have to spend a thousand bucks two thousand bucks on ski gear seems for a kid that's growing still seems crazy, you know, in a lot of, and in a lot of ways it is crazy. Like if I told my friends that and like, Oh yeah, you grow out of it every year. It's like buying new basketball shoes. They'd like, they'd fight me, you know, like, it's just not, it's just not a thing. Yeah. I mean, I think like, I think there's gotta be a better way to hand down skis and ski gear because like I've got my barn is full of old skis and old boots and that stuff like, selling secondhand stuff, I think is what, what maybe is one way to, to make the sport more accessible to people who don't want to spend like, you know, $2,000 a year on ski gear. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have, do you have advice for people? Like you're a Boston kid. Like what, what advice do you have for people that want to get into skiing or ski racing? Because I feel like that's where, that's where ski racing loses a ton of people, right? Is like they just lose them in the beginning where they're just like, eh, I'm just going to go hang out. Like racing really isn't what I want to do. I look at this as an activity more than a sport. How can people yeah. get into it more? How can they get more involved? Like was there, I don't know, whether it's a kid's camp or like just a way to start getting out there. Like we're seeing more new skier visits than ever right now. It seems like it's a good mm-hmm. time to start growing some new ski racers too. Yeah. Uh, I started in NASTAR because okay. my parents really had s- such little experience. So I just did the, you know, the NASTAR courses. 
but you can't like, I, I think it's pretty expensive just like do laps in an Astar course. So, yeah. uh, you know, I joined the local ski club. I think the really the only way to get into ski racing for real is to join a ski club. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, a, a big one, but it's gotta be a ski club where they set gates for you and they tell you how to ski race. Yeah. And that's in terms of ski racing. In terms of just getting into skiing in general, if you want to do it for lowest costs possible, uh, I think, you know, secondhand stuff is the way to go, yeah. whether it's sideline swap or whether it's a ski shop with secondhand gear or, uh, you know, Facebook marketplace or something. Yeah. Uh, well, well, you're lagging out a little bit here. I think Hang that's on. the bigger problem is like, you know, Hang on. no, we're good. Can you hear me now? Yep. You're good. I, I was saying the the biggest like problem with getting into skiing and ski racing is the lack of knowledge. Like if totally. your parents didn't ski race, I was like, what the hell is a flush and a, and a hairpin? Right. And my, I'm like all my buddies who had parents that ski race are like, Oh, you don't know that. Like, you don't know this. Like, why don't you have pole guards? And I'm like, who's like, how the hell am I supposed yeah, to know where's this? The list? So, yeah. Like I, I, that's what I was thinking is like one of my dreams for arc city is to start making some videos like ski racing for dummies. Like when someone says that's amazing. an undergate, you understand what that means. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that'd be, I, I don't know if you know who Mark Smiley is, but I just talked to him, uh, last week and he was like, he does all these courses for backcountry skiing. He like dumbs it down to like the simplest level possible where it's like, okay, this is what a crevasse is. This is what. Yeah what uh terrain trap it like he just goes through all the terminology and then he goes through the cycle it's like a course you can buy online for like i don't know a hundred bucks or something and you can just go through like you know 10 hour course and like now you know like that kind of thing i feel like yeah. should exist in ski racing because half of the shops don't even know what the fuck they're talking about you know like you go into a shop yeah, and you're like exactly. oh i need this they're like what shops don't hand tune things anymore like it is like it, stuff it is so hard. We're talking about like the elite yeah. of the elite in terms of knowledge for the sport. It feels like there needs to be a better guideline than like, oh, my grandfather ski raced and now I know. Because how else are you going to get into it? Yeah. How else is the sport going to grow? Exactly. Exactly. So ski racing, I feel like I'm going to say the word ski racing a hundred times and people are going to be mad at me. But <laughs> <laughs> ski racing in general seems like it doesn't have the same... I don't know. It's like at, at the top level, right? The Michaela Schifrin's of the world, people are like, yes, this is what we want to see. She's a superstar. Everybody's into it. But if people are like, who is Jimmy Krupka? Like, they're not going to know necessarily oh, who no. you are. Yeah. But how can we get more eyes on it? Like, where is that gap? Because I feel like you're a younger guy. You have a podcast. Like, do you have a clue as to what kind of marketing things skiing in general i guess should be doing so that more people are interested in it i know the cost thing we talk yeah. about that all the time but what is what needs to happen in ski racing for it to be more of a spectator sport and people to like really feel committed to the racers because that ends up being more viewership more money in the athletes pockets exactly. which obviously is a big issue as well yeah i you know it was funny that i i asked michaela i talked to michaela about like the, her, her dealing with the mainstream and you know growing the sport to the mainstream yeah. and her theory is i wanted to interrupt her on this but i didn't her theory is that american ski racers just need to get better and and the more <laughs> you know good american ski racers there are then the more publicity they'll get okay and my thought is no like the only way an american ski racer is going to break into the american mainstream is if they're just unbelievably good because people like 
to hear about like the goats, the greatest of all the times, the Lindsay Vons, the Bodies, and the Michaelas. And the only other way I can see uh, ski racers going mainstream is by going viral, like by yeah. being a total character, by being outside the box on 100%. TikTok or social media, and people fall in love with with watching a certain person because they like their personality. People care more about people than a random sport, yeah. I think. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're seeing it in, in mountain bike racing. You see it all the time. Like, I think the girls are doing a lot better than the guys because, like, in terms of, like, viewership and who they attract because they're fun. They show their personalities. They have, like, good social followings. It's like, yeah, everybody likes watching Nino Schurter, but, like, you don't get to know who Nino is necessarily, and he is the GOAT, right? But for... yeah the Kate Courtney's of the world, the Evie rich, like you follow them, you, you're attached to them personally, whether they're ranked number one or they're ranked number 13 and same in like mainstream sports, like basketball. It's like, everybody knows who like Ron Artest is. Ron Artest was like a dog shit basketball player in, in the (laughs) NBA. Right. But everybody knows who he is and they know who Dennis Rodman, like they know who these people are because they're characters. Right. And I don't think ski racing I don't think there's enough of a showcase on the personalities of the people, right? Yeah. The FIS, uh, like the International you know, Ski Federation, does yeah. a terrible job of, 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 you know, fomenting any sort of uh, individuality amongst these ski racers. And the, and the problem, too, is like Europeans are boring. Like or <laughs> at, least Euro- at least European ski racers. I don't know. I'm like, I don't want to blanket the whole continent, but... Yeah. European ski racers, they like ski race and then they, they go, Oh, you know, their, their idea of like a fun humoring, you know, post on Instagram is just like, Oh, come on. <laughs> I, don't know. I imagine there's no Europeans listening. To no, <laughs> I hope not. I don't think so. But if there are, we apologize and we mean no harm, but I, I think you're right. A hundred percent. It's people care about the people themselves more than they care about because number one, they care about who's number one. If you're not number one, you need to figure out a way to showcase your personality. And I think you've done a good job at that with the podcast, with your social, right? Like people feel connected to you, even if they may not, like you may line up at the start gate and they might not even know you as Jimmy Krupa. You may know, they may know you as Jimmy who from Instagram, right? Like before they know you as the ski racer. Yeah. I I mean, I try to kind of get some more flavor in there. Uh, I'm still like... A white dude from Vermont, so like I'm not like that interesting, but yeah. I like I'm trying. To You're do making that. an and effort. The podcast, it's the same thing. Like I'm making an effort. Yeah, so you, you can know, be interesting do... and still be a white dude from Vermont. It's it's absolutely a thing with without a okay. doubt. Um, yeah, you had a post the other day that I thought was hilarious, and then either you deleted or somebody made you delete it, and we can cut this out after if no. we need to. But like it's it's, a, it, it's I'm I'm battling the copyright thing on Instagram. What do you mean taking down my funny videos? Dude, that was I hilarious. Know. I saw it immediately when you posted it, and I was like, this yeah. is the shit that we need to put out there. Like, people, like, almost making fun of themselves, but, like, being like, this is what's going on. Here's my update. It's like, that's what yeah. the internet likes. So, yeah. I hope the copyright, what, I don't, what copyright issue? I'll figure it out. Dude, get- I don't know. It just, it just, it just said, like, some something in your videos. Cop- I think it's the song. Um so it's dumb. like, come on, feel the note. <laughs> and uh, I think there's some, they're just a fiend about that. Yeah, yeah. I'll figure it out. How, how have you used social to your benefit as, 
as an athlete? Like, what do you do? Do sponsors ask you these types of things? Like, do people that you work with ask you about social engagements? Like, is that even a point? Like, is that important to you at this point? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I have this conversation with my teammates all the time because most of the guys I ski with are all like super humble guys, really down to earth guys, but that doesn't help you in the world of social media. Like the people that thrive in social media are the people that aren't afraid to just like, you know, post like all the, all this stuff that kind of feels a little bit egotistical. Um, but as an athlete, you have to realize like, if you want to make any money, especially in a fringe sport like ski racing, like you've got to have some social engagement. So I'm always waging that battle with myself. Like, oh, I hate constantly putting myself out there. Yeah, uh, it feels a little douchey, but at the same time, like it's what you got to do as an athlete. So there's that. Yeah, for sure. I, I feel like everybody kind of battles with that to an extent. Um, do you like ski racing still? Like, I guess that's a that may sound like a weird question, but. <laughs> If you do something all the like, I don't like doing this all the time. Like, I don't like talking into a microphone all the time. Like, there's some days I'm like, this is yeah. so shitty, you know. And there's some days I don't like being at a ski shop. There's some days I don't like skiing in general. So, do you, as a whole, do you still enjoy yourself? Yeah, there is a time two years ago, uh, I was skiing horribly, and like, and I was, and I was like, kind of depressed, uh, uh, you know. And it was partly because I was skiing so horribly. And I was starting to kind of hate the sport uh, and it wasn't fun anymore. And I was like, man, this really sucks. Like, because for me, ski racing has always been like the thing. It's always yeah. been like, I go out for a soul shred and just rip some arcs and I feel amazing. Um, and it wasn't doing that for me anymore. Uh, and then I won a race and it turned around and I requalified for the team. And the, like, I promised myself, like, never again will I forget to enjoy this sport. Mm. Uh, so that's kind of like, if, if you're going to want to talk about goals, like one of my goals has just been to like, make sure I enjoy myself. And that's how I perform best on race day is when I'm like, I want to ski this course. You know, people are nervous about messing up or whatever. I'm like, I, I want to rip this thing. Uh, so that's something I think about. Um, and it, it's funny because my teammates are like, Jimmy, you like surfing more than you like skiing. <laughs> And it's like, I get so freaking hyped about surfing. Um, but the reason is because like skiing is a, um, you know, because it's been something it's, it's like, I guess skiing is my purpose, right? It's just something that's going to always be there in my life. And it's like the, you know, end all be all in my life, but because there's so much pressure attached to it and, you know, making a living attached to it and all that stuff, uh, you know, surfing is going to be fun because I don't have to do well in it. It's just like a random thing I do. Yeah. Does, does skiing being your profession take away anything when you just go out for like a soul shred? Like when you just want to go out and ski a pow day, do you actually enjoy that? Or is it like, okay, I'm on skis. I need to be pushing myself. I, I can, I can enjoy a powder day for sure. (laughs) I can just forget about, you know, technique and all that and enjoy a powder day. Uh, I can't say the same for other ski racers. I, you watch some ski racers on a powder day and you're like, Oh dude, you got to ski more That's powder. Terrible. You got to learn to <laughs> like skiing again. Like, come on. They're like trying to arc the powder. I'm like, Oh man. Uh, but part of the reason I love ski racing is because of, of the way that the progression of how you're constantly trying to get better. And so when I go out for a soul shred, like the reason it's so fun to rip a groomer for me is because I'm just constantly trying to get better. And that progression of trying to get better is like 
fun for me. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you're a well-rounded skier. That's that's one of the things that I haven't, like in the past, I've been kind of vocal about not loving like, you know, pipe or sometimes ski racing or mogul because like it really pigeonholes you in a lot of ways, like if you're too focused on it. But like in a lot of ways, it sets the fundamentals for being a phenomenal all-around skier. So it's just how you decide yeah. to take that baseline because some of the best, you know, alpine skiers that I know, just regular all-day skiers are ex-ski racers right maybe they even just skied for a little bit as as a kid right but it sets that foundation yeah. so well for people it definitely does I, th- I mean i think that that every kid should should you know ski race for a couple of years like at least like under the age of 10 because setting that fundamental is huge my sister ski raced uh through high school but she didn't really have college ambitions uh and it's not like she was super fast but she had she was so solid on her skis that she did a, uh, you know, free ski world tour event, not world tour, like a qualifying event for the world tour in, in, uh, where, uh, not solitude. What's anyway, she, she did one and, and like, you got like 15th or something yeah. out of nowhere because she was just solid in their skis. Yeah. I think that's really important. And I think that's, that's true. Like, I think everybody should spend some time ski racing because it sets such a great foundation for you going forward. And I think it's so apparent if you watch somebody, if you watch two people ski, you know, which one of them ski raced, right? If one did and one didn't, you can tell like it's, it's very apparent, I think right out of the gate. Um, last thing I'm going to ask you, and then I'll let you get out of here. You have skied all kinds of different places. What makes new England special, right? We're going to highlight new England a little bit. Um, and New England skiing because I feel like it just gets shit on all day long for having terrible weather and icy conditions and uh, not a lot of elevation and smaller mountains and grumpier people. And uh, the list goes on. The list goes on and on and on. What do you like about skiing in New England? What makes it special to you? And what do you like about New England in general? Well, the the reason New England is so great, I, I have this – all, half of my teammates are from the West and they go, they, we, we go to the East for ski races and they hate it. And they're, you know, you know, complaining all the time. And I'm like, guys, the beauty of the East is that it's miserable all the time, <laughs> which means that when you get a bluebird powder day, you're like, it's, it's trans, like, oh my it, God. It, it transcends anything in life because yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so rare. Like you guys get a powder day and sometimes you're, you're like, oh, I'm tired. I'm not going to go out on bail yeah. today. And then I'm back east, like hacking my way through the woods at Sugarbush because it's a beautiful powder day and I'm just like loving life. So that's the beauty of New England. Dude, it's we get three inches here and I'm like, this is the best day ever. Okay. We get I get exactly. three inches when I'm out west and people are like, I don't think I'm gonna ski today, right? But you have three inches at Sugarbush, yeah. you're getting powder panic so hard from people for no reason. People are skiing rocks and shit like first day of the year. It's that's honestly like what I love about it too, is like I I could move out west. Like, there's plenty of opportunity. There's plenty of skiing. But I feel like everybody does that. And and New England is like, it, things feel a little more special here. And there's yeah. there's quite a bit of good skiing here as well. Yeah, there's good skiing. And you know, if someone's skiing in New England, they you know they're they're in it. They're a lifer. You know that they're they they want to ski because skiing. it's not good. Yeah. You know they want to ski when it's bad. <laughs> they will definitely want to ski yeah. when it's a bluebird pow day, and wherever the fuck. Yeah. So, um, 
All right, Jimmy, where where can people find you on the internet? Where can people find your show on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever? And anything else you want to plug, feel free. Um, this is your time. Yeah, follow my Instagram. That's uh, Jimmy underscore who underscore. Uh, I'm going to try to get up this latest video here, which is actually kind of funny. But, <laughs> it's but, really uh, funny. The copyright issues. Are, uh, anyway, and then Arc City is the podcast. That's A-R-C. Um, and it's anywhere you find your podcast. So uh, <laughs> listen, a couple people gave me one star and two star reviews. So if, if you feel like listening and think it's worth five stars, slap a five star on there. Dude, really people are the worst. That. Why do they do that? I don't understand. I remember like I got my first one star and I found out it was like an ex-girlfriend that like just had it out. Like, and I was oh, like, are you shitting on. me, dude? Like yeah. it's so much work to get those reviews and they mean a lot. That's literally the they thing do. that pushes people to your show is like the more reviews you have, the better it goes. Yeah. And I'm, so I'm trying to do, I'm trying to make some sort of impact in ski racing, but Arc City uh, is where you'll find, uh, you know, the stuff I'm trying to do. So tune in there. Awesome. Well, I appreciate your time, man. And the show is great. And the episode with Michaela is uh, is phenomenal. That is like as far that's the first one that I've seen from a ski podcast um, from like somebody who is like coherent and really knows the game and knows what they're talking about. Um, so I props to you. I told you before the show, I would not have been as composed as you were. I think that was uh, <laughs> I think that was a great interview. And uh, and yeah, I, I really appreciate you doing that kind of stuff. Well, thanks for having me on the show. That was the episode of Jimmy Krupka. I hope you will follow him on Instagram at Jimmy underscore who and uh, check out his podcast. It is uh, Arc City on uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the whole nine. Um, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes if you can and uh, look forward to some cool episodes next week. I think we've got the one and only Mike Powell next week. So enjoy that one and I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. <laughs>